Hey everyone, I'm Amanda. And I'm Allie. We are so glad you've joined us today. Our podcast is a platform for women to share their stories. We have a different woman share a story on the first of every month. Sometimes we laugh, sometimes we cry, but in the end, it's always encouraging. Be sure to hit subscribe so you'll be alerted the next time we have a podcast. We'd love to connect with you on Facebook, Instagram, or our website, livingoutloud.today. Thanks for joining us today. We hope you will enjoy the show. Now it's time to meet our next guest. Happy, Happy New Year. Year! It is 2023. Welcome to our January podcast. 2023 just sounds so crazy to me. It does. It's it's come fast. Yeah, it yeah. has. I feel like it was just 2020 because COVID was such like a big yeah. ordeal. And then all of a sudden it's like, boom, 2023. It's crazy. Yeah. Okay, so I want to know what's your opinion on New Year's resolutions? Okay, well... I think I'm all about goals, like goals for the year. Yeah. Um, and I think that it's always good to kind of, you know, look at your life and look at things that reevaluate where you need to get work on things. Mm-hmm. Um, like, so if it's physical or spiritual, all of those things, setting your goals for the year on yeah. those things. But not to put pressure on it, but mm-hmm. to let the Lord lead you. Yeah. Be discerning in that. Um, so, one of the things that I love is the Bible study that we did last semester that you didn't do, but I did okay. with some ladies. And it's called Encountering God, Cultivating Habits of Faith Through the Spiritual Disciplines. Hmm. And one of the things it talks about, the first thing is the discipline of reading your Bible, reading mm-hmm. God's Word. And so I think that this is a perfect time to talk about this because, um, you know, a lot of times people will, I know I do, come up with a plan, like a Bible reading plan yeah. or a devotion or, you know, a Bible study that you're going to do. And and I think that's so good to have a plan. And if you don't have one yet, to think about it right now in January, like, what is your Bible reading plan, you know? Yeah. Um, just to have, because that is the most important thing. Right. Um, that in prayer and all the things having to do with your relationship with the Lord. And this Bible study, talking about God's Word, it takes you through um, some scriptures. Second Timothy three fourteen through 17 says, But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it, and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is breathed out of by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. And it's just such a reminder that what God's word is here for, all of those things, um, And people of God, we need his word to be complete and to be equipped to do every good work that he has for us to bring him glory. And so um, the scripture in Deuteronomy 4 or 5, it says, You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your might. And um, the first thing it says, heart. And in Psalm 119.11, it says, I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. 
And so thinking about loving God with all of your heart, one of the first ways is to hide God's word in your heart. And that's reading his word and knowing his word. That's how we love him. And so, you know, thinking about that in your year, your goal, your Bible reading goal this year, like it's important to think about what do you want to do? Have a plan for that and be committed to that. Now, you know, we talked about this in our Bible study. God is not mad at us when we miss, when we don't spend time with him and his word. He's not mad at us. He just, he misses that time with us and he knows that we need that time with him. And so we just miss out on so much. And um, so it's just a good thing to going into this new year of like, how will I love him with all of my heart? And one of the first ways is to dive into his word. Yeah, that's so good. That's so good. And I think as I've been thinking about this year, I think one of my favorite words is seasons. (laughs) <laughs> I say that a lot. Yeah. Like talk about what season I'm in. And um, as I think back over the last couple of years and with smaller kids and my Bible reading time, I remember I think two years ago, so 20, maybe it was 2021, I committed to reading the Bible, like the whole Bible, because I'd never done that. Mm-hmm. Um, and what, what really saved me was being able to do that on the Bible app because mm-hmm. they have that audio option. Yeah. And living 20 minutes from town. And being in my car a lot, I was able to, when I couldn't actually open up my Bible, which I preferred to be able to take notes, but when I couldn't actually do that, I could listen to it. And Mm -hmm. so I still was able to do that every day, which Mm -hmm. was super beneficial for me. Um, But going into this season with a newborn and little ones, um, I think I've just been really comforted in knowing that, like, even though... I miss the time where I could sit down and spend like 30 minutes of uninterrupted time Yeah. Um, in the Word, which is obviously what I would prefer, not because I feel like it's my responsibility mm-hmm. to show up and meet with Him, but because of that's how I fill up. Mm-hmm. Like that's how I have that time with Him, and it just makes everything so much better. Um, but I'll never forget what somebody told me, and I don't even know who it was and how they said it, but they asked me, they, they said, I want you to think about this. When men went to meet with God, mm-hmm. like, where did God show up to them in the Bible most of the time? And the I was like, I don't know. I mean, like, in the wilderness? Like, that's what you <laughs> think of, like, outside yeah. or, like, up on a mountaintop or, like, mm-hmm. they are going somewhere to, like, be alone and meet with God. And they're like, well, where did the women meet with God in the Bible? Like, did they just, like, go walk up a mountain? Like, do you remember a story about a woman walking up to the top of a mountain to be alone with God. I'm like, I mean, not really. <laughs> yeah. I don't think so. I hadn't read the whole Bible yet. So I was like, but I don't remember that story. They were like, no, most of the time they are in their homes doing things like cooking, taking care of their families, and Jesus meets them mm-hmm. where they are. And I just remember thinking how much freedom that provided for me because that is where God has met me yeah. over the past few years. A lot of times it's when... My daughter asked me a question about heaven, and it just reminds me of Jesus and mm-hmm. what he's done for us. Or when I'm in the middle of a bunch of responsibilities within the home and feel really tired and weighed down and would love to get away and be with Jesus, but don't have the mental capacity to even know where to start with that, even if I was given that opportunity. Mm-hmm. And 
where he just meets me as I'm like washing dishes or changing a dirty diaper. And so I've just been so encouraged with this season, um, going into this season and this new year of um, trusting that God's going to meet me. Yeah. That he's going to come to me too. It's not just my job to come to him. Yeah. And because he meets me and comes to me, it makes me want to meet him. Yeah. And that's his grace. Yeah. I love that. And that's the thing. We all are in different seasons. Yeah. And so, um, you know, I have been in those seasons of mm-hmm. where where you are. And you're right. God provides a different way for us to be in his word, like listening to mm-hmm. the apps or whatever. I love the truth for um, life app with Alistair Begg. That's the one I've okay. been loving lately. But um, when, I, when I started this Bible study last semester, you know, I don't have small children and I am busy, but I can a little more space carve there. out yeah. some more space. Yeah. And so just, and I do that usually, but just making it the number one priority mm-hmm. instead of just like, and I've done that in seasons of my life. But you do get busy, and it's like it just makes it. It was reminding us that when we do make time for the most important relationship in our life, yeah, he makes more margin for everything else. It, and it's so true. Yeah, it is so true. So yeah, what whatever season you're in, the yes. point of this is, however you can do it, whether it's riding in the car, listening, or mm-hmm. sitting and just having space to read. Um, to make that a priority of a goal this year. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, before we introduce our guest, do you have a favorite thing? Well, that was my favorite thing, the yes. Truth for Life app. And I love I love it. It's Alistair Begg, and he's got like a um, British accent. Okay, that's fun. <laughs> he's very uh, knowledgeable of the Bible and, and just wise and the real deal, but I like his accent to too. So, I've never heard of it. Um, my favorite thing, I know I've shared it before, but I'm going to share it briefly because it, I think it was a long time ago. It's this book called Take Your Family Back by Jefferson Blakely. Blake, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Um, and a friend of mine referred it to me, but it's talking about just how to move away from individualism in our society and to literally take the family back. And um, it talks about being a family on mission, and he encourages families to sit down and actually talk about what is our purpose as a family, as a believer of Christ, but then what is our mission, like Mm -hmm. our specific mission as a family, Mm -hmm. how God has given each of us as a part of the team, like different identities, different parts of us to make a team as a whole, but like what is our purpose as a family, not as an individual, and then to list out some like family pillars that we stand by and that we raise our kids Um, knowing and being able to recite and uh, my favorite thing he said going back to my favorite word seasons is he encourages families to name the seasons like to put a particular word with a season and do it like every three months or every two months or however your the ebb and flow of your life is and name that season so that you can really understand and figure out what you need to say yes to and what you say, need to say no to. And you've decided with your spouse, like this season of our life, these next two months, these next three months, this is this is what we're naming it, like preparation. We're yeah. preparing for X or mm-hmm. whatever it is. So that's just been really helpful. That's so cool. I love that. Dr. Matthew Turvey serves as a psychologist for Chick-fil-A. 
In his role, he advocates and encourages for the overall emotional, relational, spiritual, and mental flourishing of the company's franchises. Prior to this role, he spent more than a decade in marriage ministry. Matt has been married to his beautiful wife, Nicole, for over 25 years. Together, they have four children ranging in age from elementary to college. They enjoy traveling as a family and have visited six of seven continents, and they're still trying to figure out an affordable way to get to Antarctica. A guiding scripture that drives Matt is Proverbs 6-9, the mind of man plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. Welcome, Matt. We are so glad you're here. Welcome, Matt. We're so thankful that you have decided to give us your time today. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to it. So describe your role within Chick-fil-A. Yeah, um, I've got a pretty cool, pretty cool gig. I think it's one of the coolest things ever. Um, I've been a psychologist for about 20 years. And when I first came on with Chick-fil-A, I was on the nonprofit side. The Kathy family who owns Chick-fil-A have some nonprofits. And I did a lot of marriage ministry. Um, but then during uh, COVID times, during the pandemic, we started to realize that a lot of folks were having challenges that weren't just marriage related. Uh, they had a lot to do with anxiety, with depression, with some significant challenges that the business was creating, um, both professionally and then even in personal lives. And so I made the switch over to the corporate side to where I could support um, what we call them our operators or owner operators or our franchisees. Um, I support them when it comes to any sort of uh, mental, emotional, relational, or spiritual health needs or challenges they might have. Uh, so that looks like a whole lot of things. Uh, sometimes I get to play the role of psychologist or counselor. Sometimes, sometimes I'm a chaplain. Sometimes I'm an advocate for for overall health and flourishing. Uh, just kind of depends. But the whole idea is that I'm not actually their counselor. I don't um, diagnose, treat, or refer any of our operators. But I help to clarify, curate, and connect our operators with appropriate resources. So again, that could be mental, emotional, relational, or spiritual, whatever they're looking for. I hope to be a bridge um, to connect them to the right resource so they can uh, they can flourish in personal life, professional life, whatever they're trying to accomplish. Wow. What what amazing. A, what a, an amazing needed position. Yeah. Like if every company could have that for people and how awesome a Chick-fil-A to provide that for their people. I, to I totally agree. It's, it's pretty rare. There are a few companies who are starting to do a little bit of this around well-being and 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 flourishing and, and overall uh, health. But uh, to be a company like Chick-fil-A, as big as it is, family owned, uh, we get to kind of put a unique twist on that. So I mean, I'm, I'm forever grateful for this role and for the folks that I get to serve. It's just a really, really neat thing. Yeah, I feel like it's just so needed. I feel like if more companies, larger companies had this, it would just be so much better mm -hmm. for the employees. Absolutely. I mean, the COVID, it, COVID probably exposed a whole lot of uh, kind of cracks in the foundation for different companies um, or just kind of exposed problems that were there that maybe when business was easy or work was easy, we could overlook. But yeah. when the challenges just got harder and harder, we began to realize maybe we got to kind of take a look at this and what can we really do to help our folks um, succeed better? So I think Chick-fil-A got to I'm just one small part of that. There's a whole lot of people doing things in this area for our for our operators and for our corporate staff and our, our team members who are kind of our frontline workers. Um, but my role is to kind of help provide unique experiences that aren't necessarily counseling. So, so they're not they're not therapy, but they're going to have really cool therapeutic effects. Um, 
and and they're going to be experiences that are that are uh, you know usually shorter in time as opposed to um, lasting you know a year of therapy or something like that. We're going to try to get folks in and out of an experience that's really transformational. So I can talk about that at some point, but um, we're just trying to find stuff that's best in class that really meets our operators where they're at. Yeah, well, I mean, I, like you said about when COVID happened, it just kind of brought out a lot, of uh, exposed a lot of things that were already there. Um, and I know I talked to one of our family marriage counselor friends um, after COVID and just, you know, he, he just said, man, you just would not believe all the marriages and, um, that were falling apart from COVID, yeah. you know, and just not just marriage, but just other things going on. So um, I'm so thankful that you are a, a part of helping that. Well, business is hard. We all know that um, running a company and, you know, Chick-fil-A is full of um, business owners who have between 100 and 200 employees a lot of times. Um, and to kind of take care of them, you know, Chick-fil-A says many times on the inside, we want to be the world's most caring company. And um, that's hard. Like that takes a lot of work, a lot of intentionality. And so, again, I just get I'm just one small one small part of the the machinery that gets to do that. And hopefully I can I can keep our operators healthy. And on their A yeah. game, because when they're healthy and they're solid and strong, um, then they're they're better leaders, and it's easier to run their business, and they get to to guide their team members into uh, health and wholeness, and uh, all those things that I think they wanna they wanna create for for their team members and for their their restaurant and their culture in their communities where they serve. Yeah, how incredible. Yeah. Okay, so my next question for you, how might flourishing be received today in America's American businesses? Yeah, it's I think it's kind of new. This is kind of a concept where recently uh, maybe with some millennials and, and some of the younger folks are kind of starting to expect that business or their workplace does more for them than maybe baby boomers used to expect. You know, it used to kind of be, well, hey, I got to go to the office or go to my job and I put my 40 in and I'm done, you know, and I, I just leave it there. People more and more are finding a lot of identity, a lot of, um, of, of who they are in their in their work roles. And so with that, they sometimes say, well, hey, maybe you should also help me kind of take care of me overall as a person. And I think it's kind of a fine line because I do think companies can play a, a powerful role in that. But I don't think companies play the only role. I think it's a little bit dangerous when people expect their company, whatever company that is, to to provide everything for them, right? Like that's just, that's just not realistic. Um, that kind of rests on the shoulders of the employee, of the team member, of even the operator. But companies have come alongside a lot of people these days and are realizing that if they can provide a little bit more, if they can help people flourish in their personal as well as professional lives, it kind of becomes a competitive advantage because then it's like, okay, I actually think my company cares for me as opposed to just think that I'm a, I'm a cog in the wheel and um, that, that they, they just care about me for what I, what I can do for the company. I think Chick-fil-A is unique in that um, they actually really do care about people, you know, and that that's a unique thing. And, and a lot of companies do, but, but like Chick-fil-A just cares for its people in a, in a really cool um, and, you know, dare I say Christ-like way. It's probably more welcome today and this time because I feel like more people are more open to counseling, if that's what you want to call it, or just help. Because I know a lot for a long time, there was like a stigma of like people didn't mm -hmm. think 
if they went to counseling that something was really, really bad wrong and they didn't want to yeah. do it, but more people are open and are going. Yeah, that I mean, that's totally true. And I think they they start to think, OK, it's OK to talk about my problems um, or talk that I have problems. Um, but I think there's kind of this 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 funny spot where people sometimes get stuck and just saying, wow, I can finally talk about my problems and that I have problems. That's But that's just step one. Right. Like the next step is let's figure out how do we then move through that? And I think companies have a role to play in that, um, not the only role and not the primary role that they can be a, a big support to employees uh whether those are operators or team members or whatever um in their company they can they can just be there to say hey we can give you some resources so on your journey of growth to health and wholeness let us kind of come alongside you and give you some give you some ideas um so that's kind of what we're trying to do at chick-fil-a is give them those, curate those resources, and then connect our folks to those resources. We're not trying to be their therapist or their pastor or their or or like their 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 personal coach and everything, but we do want to give them the resources and make them aware of those resources so they can take advantage of them in in whatever way they they deem fit. Yeah. Well, what are some examples of programs that you lead to flourishing? Yeah, um, you know, it's interesting because I think sometimes uh, it's so dependent on on what the challenge is or what somebody says, hey, here's what I'm going through right now. Here's where I'm where I feel stuck. I just can't quite get out of this rut or whatever. So some of that is is always uh, just depending on what the person is, is what challenge they're facing. Um, but I think there are some pretty cool experiences of things um, that, that we offer to operators. I will say first, though, let me say this. I think what's important is that I think the the level of transformation or change or growth that we're trying to provide for folks um, really is kind of dependent on a few things. One is first off, just like the humility to change. Like I think sometimes people got to be willing to say, you know what, I don't have it all together right now. I need some positive change in my life. So I got to be humble and just say, hey, can you give me some help? And that's a hard thing for some people. So first, we got to say that. Next thing, what I would say is that if folks can be vulnerable about that stuff and say, okay, here's what's really going on. First, you got to be humble to say that. Then say, all right, now I'm going to be willing to be humble. I'm going to be vulnerable, excuse me, with a safe group of people or a safe individual, not just vulnerable with anybody, um, but vulnerable with the right type of person in the right setting. Um, and then if they're able to have a, um, a, a commitment over time, that would be the third thing, a commitment over time to work in a process. And then lastly, to have the, a deep experience, because there, there are some things you can do that are like, hey, that was great. That was a nice little, you know, shot in the arm and it lasted me a week. But sometimes what I found is that when people are looking to make changes, transformation and change become a function of time. So the longer you invest in the change process, the deeper the change is going to be. So all that kind of as a as a as a, a preface to saying things that we offer some of our operators um, tend to be uh, small group experiences like like um small group experiences led usually usually they're single gender like men's groups or women's groups sometimes we do we have married groups but things like um uh, like a, a a good friend dr josh straub famous at home he's got a program called leader's heart and that's like a five-month program that that folks get into they have a live three-day experience kind of a personal growth intensive that they walk through together and there's monthly coaching for about five months after that. <clears throat> it really is cool because it gets people some 
really solid skills. And it's like, like that depth of experience, that ability to go deep and be vulnerable and be open to change. And then you walk that out for five months. Um, got some things like, you know, probably know Bob Goff out at the Oaks in, in San Diego or outside of San Diego. Bob Goff has an amazing retreat facility out there or he's got weekend retreats that he does for folks. He's got four to five day retreats that he does for folks out there. I think the the idea is that um, when, when there's a change of place and a change of pace, that often leads to a change in perspective. And that's not, Mark Batterson said that. So a change of place with a change of pace equals a change of perspective. So both those experiences do that stuff. We work with some folks in adventure, like we take people snowmobiling and then uh, combine that with kind of a, a deeper level, almost therapeutic experience. And we'll do um, some sailing adventures in, in, in the British Virgin Islands and um, actually just got back from a marriage adventure over in the Adriatic where we had a, a week on a, on a cruise ship, on a, on a small sailing vessel with about 75 other couples. Uh, that wasn't just Chick-fil-A, but, you know, we do, we do teaching, we do devotions, we do marriage testimonies, spiritual testimonies, marriage encouragement, and then let couples throughout the day just enjoy each other, you know, in a new place. And it's awesome. So those are some cool, um, that, that, that's all the fun stuff. You know, then sometimes there are the hard things where it's just, we got to dig in and maybe there's been a long-standing history of anxiety or depression. And let's just talk about that. Let's figure out where that's coming from and let's work through that. So kind of both ends of the spectrum. I try to have stuff, opportunities for operators uh, and folks, um, whether you're, you know, a, a one or a 10 on, on a scale of health, um, you know, 10 being super healthy, one being not so healthy, we'll have stuff all across that, that, that spectrum or continuum. Well, we've actually experienced both of us, Allie and yeah. I, with our spouses and some other couples, the wind-shaped marriage adventures, and it was amazing. It was so good just to get away to a different place, and yes, you're right. It was a fun experience, but it was also um, a lot of deep growth that mm -hmm. happened within that fun, and it was a change in you know our environment, um, yep. but we got to just grow together as couples grow together with other couples um and so we actually took lance and i um for our listeners lance is a chick-fil-a owner operator and we took about three or four other couples i think it was four last june um on a sailing adventure and Allie and wesley were one of those couples awesome so how, did that, how did that play a part in your oh, marriage yeah. i mean my husband and I would say that that was probably a pillar that we look back on of God just moving and just breaking down some things that needed to be broken down and mm -hmm. give us an opportunity and a space to actually have some hard conversations and then seek resolution at yeah. the same time. Because when you're in the midst of small kids and transitions and jobs and building the house and all the things yeah. that, you know, life throws at you it's hard to step away and to have those hard conversations because there's no time. Yeah. So give, giving us an adventure to experience together, but then that time away to be intentional with nothing else to do really just helped us grow. Yeah. And yeah. we still actually, three of us couples from that trip still meet, try to meet once a month for dinner and just kind of, that's awesome. You know, uh, encourage each other in marriage. Mm -hmm. So that's been really good. Um, and you know, something you said earlier about like, 
what I'm thinking is that anytime you have anything like great benefits from something, it took time, right? Yeah. It takes time. It takes, um, it's a pace. It's not a, you know, a quick fix. Normally. Right. Um, right. Yeah. Deeper change requires more time. Um, but you know, here, here's the thing. I think we're, I believe we're created for connection. We're created for relationship from the get go, you know, whether that's baby to mother, then, um, baby to friends or small child to friends. And then eventually, you know, our kids leave and cleave, which I'm not quite ready for that stage yet, but I got a kid yeah. almost there. <laughs> um, and, 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 in some ways, I think if we, we, I hope to create these experiences <clears throat> or point folks to these experience, it's kind of like a high school dance. We're going to leave room for the Holy spirit. And, uh, in that process, like, he just shows up. And uh, like like good things happen, connection happens when you make space for the Holy Spirit in your relationship. So I think probably overall that's what we're just trying to do because He's the change agent, change agent, not not me, not us. Um, we're just trying to create that that space intentionality where where folks can benefit from that, whether they're they're a couple or an individual. Absolutely. Um, okay, so could you tell our listeners what they could possibly do to improve their own self? or not own self, their own sense of well-being or flourishing? Yeah. Um, I did already mention kind of that idea of that change of place, change uh -huh. of pace equals change of perspective. I would go back to that because there's just times where it's important to get away. You know, you talk about having young kids. Um, I remember those days, my, like I said, my kids, I got two in college and my youngest is in fifth grade now. But um, like back then, all I wanted was time away from my kids. It's, don't tell them that. I don't think they're listening. But uh, like, I just wanted a break, you know. And yeah. now, all I want is my kids to be with me, right? Like my and my wife and I would say that. Like a fun date to us these days is actually getting all the kids around us and saying, "Hey, let's go do something together," because um, we have plenty of time as a husband and wife. Um, back then, we didn't have it. So I guess I just say whatever whatever that looks like. Do you have to change the pace, the place for you? Do that, you know. Um, that's always important. Make sure you're intentional about that. Um, then I'd, I'd probably say two two things are important as people think about their their sense of flourishing or well being. Um, listen to what's bothering you, and and sometimes that's hard to do um, because life is so go 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 go. Um, but if you can take the time to slow down, take a couple deep breaths, Holy Spirit, what's going on? What's going on inside of me? What am I feeling? What's going on? What's rising the surface? Um, and you just listen to that for a second and say, All right, God, how what do you want to teach me through this? What um how do I need to to walk through this or what can I learn? Um, it's actually a pretty ancient spiritual um practice to do stuff like this. Some folks call it a daily examine. Um, and so it's nothing new that like I've created or psychologists have created or pastors have created. It's just a chance to to slow down and and say, Hey, Holy Spirit, I invite you in right now. What's going on inside of me? What can I be doing a little bit differently? So listen to that. And when you find out kind of what, what might be bubbling to the surface, I just say, well, there's a chance to give that to God and say, what do you want to either teach me through this or with this or, or how, do I, how do I move past it? And, and, and I think in doing that, if you can then hopefully make the, the decision to surround yourself with people that you want to learn from, surround yourself. I remember years ago, my, there was that cell phone plan probably dating myself, but it was like your fab five or your top five or whatever. It's like, who are the five people you get to call for free back when cell phone minutes cost every minute, you know? Um, but they used to say you could call five people for free. 
Um, like who are those five people around you? Like they need to be good people. And if you surround yourself with good, godly, loving people, you tend to become a little bit better, a little bit more loving, a little bit more godly. So I just encourage people to to, to find that community, be connected to others in a healthy way. Uh, and that's going to that's gonna pull you up as opposed to drag you down. Yeah. Show me your friends. I'll show you your future, right? There you go. That saying? Well, I can tell that you're passionate about this, Matt. So what drives you to do this work? What drives this passion? You know, um, this has been stuff that I, I just feel so, so blessed and grateful to get to do. I think that um, I'm driven by a few things. I'd probably say that when I was in when I was in college, I began to I came to the Lord as a sophomore in high school, right? So let's start with that. Then in college, I said, "All right, God, what do you have for me? Like, what's my what's my role? What's my future? My vision? My calling? All these things." And as I began to look at Scripture and and read a lot and things like that, I tried to find stuff that was um, true across cultures, true across time, um, and true true across different just groups of people. So I tried to find things that was like it was really truth with a capital T. And I went back to the words of Jesus when he talks about what's now, you know, known as the great commandment, which is to love the Lord, your God, with all your heart, mind, soul and strength and to love your neighbor as yourself. And so I guess end of the day, if if I can do that, um, that's what I want to be all about. Um, And so I hope that the role I'm in right now is just an extension of that ability to love others well. Um, And also to to love myself well, to kind of take care of um, who God has made me. But in that process, take care of who uh, who God has made others to be, whether that's my spouse, whether that's my four kids, whether that's the the operators within Chick-fil-A, whether that's ministry leaders, whoever that may be. I want to do that because no matter what, I know that God is there. Um, and, I, and I'll tell you this, this last kind of thing, this verse that guides me um, has been Proverbs 16, 9, which is the mind of man plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. And that has just guided me and my wife and our family in so many of these major decisions um, over the past 26 years of marriage. We reach these junctures where a job ends or we, we think we feel the need to move or whatever. But in all that stuff, I just say, all right, God, uh, we're, we're going to we're going to kind of try to figure this out. But at the same time, we want you to direct our steps. So please do that. I'd say what every single time he showed up and he's done that when we ask, when we listen to what's going on. Um, and when we we just kind of give that to him with open hands. So I guess that's what drives me to do this work. I think it's important work. I think it's eternally significant work. I want to point people to health, but I want to point them to Jesus because I think Jesus is kind of the author of that health and that wholeness. Um, and so I think all good therapy as, as a shrink, as a psychologist, I will say this, I think all good therapy in the end points to the foot of the cross. And if I can guide people in that experience, I really think that's that's a worthwhile calling for me. That's what I'm called to, not necessarily everybody, but that is is definitely uh, my my sweet spot. Wow. Well, thank you so much, Matt, for just your, spending your time with us today and for our listeners and just encouraging them to uh, just stop and take a second to listen to what's bothering them, to assess what season they're in and uh, think about their their pace. You said their pace, changing their pace, their place changes their perspective. Is that right? Yep, that's I, right. That's I love right. That. I love that practical idea of thinking, thinking through that process. So, but thank you for all of the tips that you've shared with us today. We thank you so much for coming on. Hey, my pleasure. Thank you guys for what you're doing. 